podcast, No Trash, Just Truth. We're your hosts and co-founders of Proverbs 910 Ministries, Chris Paxson and Rose Spiller. Well, many of you are going to be thrilled to hear that in this episode, you don't have to just listen to Chris and me. Joining us as we continue in our series, Real Truth About Real Stuff, is our good friend, Linda. I'm so glad to be here and joining you as we delve into a tough topic. This is not how I pictured my life when God changes your plans. It's great to have you here, Linda. You know, with recent events, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't get what it's like to have your plans drastically altered. Yeah, that's for sure. And we're actually going to do an episode on how the coronavirus has affected us all, and we're going to look at what Scripture has to say. But for this episode, we're going to keep it general. Linda, why don't you share your story with everyone? Well, I would love to share with you a difficult and painful time in my life that I experienced the saving grace of God and how he sovereignly and providentially was working things out for my good. God not only changed my plans, but he changed the path in which I was living my life. Our marriage of almost 35 years included kids, grandkids, family, and work. We had spent the last 30 years involved in the church. I can't remember a time when I didn't love God and believe in Jesus. But if I'm being completely honest, I did not really know God. A phrase I've come to appreciate so much is, you can know scripture and not know God, but you can't know God without knowing scripture. I love love that. that. I loved being in church. I loved Bible studies, fellowshipping, all those great and good things, Christian things that go along with it. But you see, I never read the Bible much outside of that. I didn't have that desire to spend time in God's word on my own. So when your faith is built and lived on anything other than God's word, it's no surprise that we are tossed to and fro as the storms of life, the trials and the heartaches come, even the good times, just plain life. We end up feeling defeated and unworthy in the bad times, along with pride and self-righteousness in the victorious times. We determine what's true based on our experiences and our circumstances. But there's only one problem with that. Well, there's a whole lot of problems with that. Number one is we end up defining God based on them. We begin to give our circumstances and our experiences authority and even power and not scripture. So Linda, what's the problem you found with doing that? Well, while it's true our life is made up of experiences, we must always filter them through God's word and not the other way around. Exactly. So 25 years of misunderstanding and simply a lack of knowledge of scripture resulted in the object of my faith being everything but Christ, which leads to the last five years of my life and one specific time when God was about to change everything. Well, near the end of 2014, I had injured my lower back and had surgery, which led to some complications in my neck. So my life went from working full time and raising my last child in high school to living in a physical pain that I never even knew existed. I wasn't able to drive, sit, stand, or even lay without being in excruciating pain. Gosh, Linda, that sounds awful. It was. I would lay in bed with my head and my neck in the same position without moving all day. I would stare at the ceiling and just pray for God to get me through five minutes at a time. 
I was on and off dozens of medications and soon depression set in quickly. You soon find yourself isolated from everyone and everything. And I'm not quite sure how my, my husband survived. Looking back now, it's clear to see how God used this difficult time to draw me to himself. It really took stripping me of everything in my life to place me on a path that would lead me to knowing and trusting him according to his word. So Linda, how did God put you on that path and how did it lead to you trusting him? It was about a year after my injury that I began to attend a Bible study with the two of you. It was expository teaching, which is going through a book of the Bible, verse by verse, and understanding the original context and meaning. I remember saying to you, Rose, there's no way I can understand the Bible. And do you remember what you said to me, Rose? I honestly have no idea, but if it was good advice, it most certainly came from the Holy Spirit and not from me. That's funny, but true. No, I'm sorry. That sounded mean. (laughs) No, I thought that was good. So what you said was, of course you can, Linda. The Holy Spirit's given us the power to understand it. So as you read and study scripture, God reveals to us who he is. I began to see my sin in light of God's holiness. I began to line up everything that I believe to be true against what scripture reveals to be true. And the more you read, the more you will hunger and thirst for more. The dots began to connect from what I understood in the New Testament to the Old Testament, and literally the floodgates opened. It's hard to even put into words how it all came together. God's word shed light on so many truths that either, number one, I didn't know, or I didn't quite understand, or if I'm honest, I didn't trust. God knocked my knees from under me, literally. And even though it was one of the most physical, painful experiences of my life, now I see what he was actually doing. He was getting me into his word to transform my life through scripture. And this is when everything changed. So what are some of those things that have changed now? Well, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what's changed is that I absolutely fell in love with his word. His desires became my desires. What he loves became what I love. What he hates became what I hate. And when you're transformed, you start to grieve over your sin and you begin to mourn for others. You will spend your whole life turning from your sin and you will not desire to follow the way of the world. You will follow Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. This is how a life lived will look with scripture as your authority and Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen to that. I share all of this with you to say, when we cannot understand when when God throws us a curve, we can rely on the promise of Philippians 1.6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Wow, that's a powerful testimony, Linda. Thanks for bringing that to us today. 
Like I said, we can appreciate what it's like to have our life all planned out and then have a plan ripped right out from under us. You know, the verse that keeps going over and over again in my head is Proverbs 16, 9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Sometimes I think people take this verse to mean we shouldn't plan anything since God is the one who calls the shots. And it's true that God is the one who ultimately has the last say on everything in our life, but we should still have goals and dreams and make plans. Yeah, we absolutely should. Once we're sure whatever the things we're planning or striving for line up with scripture, we should forge ahead confidently until we hit a wall or until God changes our course. And there's the rub. Because there's times when what we're planning and striving for or actively doing are scriptural and they are good, but God still changes or alters our course unexpectedly. And sometimes it's not just a small change, but a catastrophic one. It would probably be really helpful to know why God would do that And how do we deal with it? What would you say to that? Let's talk about why God would change the course of our life if what we're doing is right and good and godly. If any of you are anxiously waiting for a black and white answer to that question, you're going to be disappointed. You are. Because Chris, we can't give an exact answer to that. There is no exact answer. We have no way of knowing the mind of God and his exact reason for doing what seems to us at the time like just wreaking havoc on our life. Because the reasons he might be doing it might be different for each of us. God is the almighty creator and sustainer of everything. He knows all, he sees all, and he's all powerful. Our finite minds could not possibly comprehend the mind of God. But knowing truths about God will make it easier for us to deal with the changes and also give us hope and encouragement. Chris, you alluded to the first truth. God is sovereign. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 sums this truth up perfectly. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. God lays this out even stronger in Isaiah 45, 7-9. I form the light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. And of course, we only have to read chapters 38 to 42 in the book of Job to see how God puts Job and every other human in their place for questioning his authority and sovereignty. It's absolutely true that God is sovereign over every minute of every day of everybody's life. And as the almighty creator, he's free to do whatever he wishes with all and any of his creation, including us. But we need to pair that truth of God's sovereignty with another truth about him so that we don't feel like he's doing these things in our life just to mess with us or that he's mean. Absolutely. We need to know both that God is the almighty sovereign God and that he is completely good. You know, this is definitely worth spending some time on because this is a truth that gets misinterpreted, misunderstood, and mischaracterized. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? The way to understand the goodness of God is to start with the absolute truth. God does not lie and he does not change his mind. Therefore, anything he has said and anything he has promised us, we can count on as being true. And of course, the only place to find what God actually said and promised is in the Bible. 
seems like everything comes back to the importance of us knowing and understanding Scripture. Because it does. But you make a good point, Linda. It's not just enough to know Scripture. We have to understand it correctly. This means studying it in historical context and lining it up with other Scripture. I know we sound like a broken record, and this may sound dreadfully dull to a lot of you listening, but this truth that God does not lie and change his mind and that he's perfectly good is the exact reason we need to put the effort into studying the Bible. This is an easy truth to get wrong if you misinterpret some passages, which can lead to disillusion, disappointment, and even resentment of God. Chris, I can't think of a more perfect verse to illustrate what you're saying than Jeremiah 29:11, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. We've all seen this verse posted somewhere or know people who claim it as their life verse. But if you look at the title of this section of Jeremiah where this verse is, it's Jeremiah's letter to the exiles. Jeremiah said this in a letter he was writing to the Jews of the southern nation of Judah. Besides being divided and engaged in civil war with the ten northern tribes of Israel, the nation of Judah had been conquered and taken into exile by the Babylonians. Jeremiah was telling them that although things were really bleak right now, to have hope. God would bring them out of it and God planned for many of them to return to the promised land and become the united nation of Israel again with those remaining from the northern tribe of Israel. Judah being conquered by Babylon was completely the doing of God as punishment for their idolatry and disobedience. So Jeremiah was telling them that while, yes, they were receiving a harsh punishment from God, his intent was not to destroy his people completely, but to refine them and make them come out spiritually stronger. Putting verses in context makes all the difference in the world. And even though this verse doesn't mean that God has planned a path of earthly prosperity and success for us, as it's often interpreted, it does have meaning for us. It does, because even when scripture is not addressed to all believers of all time, everything in the Bible has application for us. Since God doesn't change, we can be encouraged by this verse and the promise of God here that he's always looking out for his people and will always do what is good for those who belong to him. That's absolutely true and does go back to God as being perfectly good. And he fulfills this promise in Jeremiah to us by giving us Christ. And to your point, Rose, this verse from Jeremiah goes hand in hand with Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And again, this verse is not about material things or our earthly good. It's about our spiritual good. God's objective is to sanctify us to be more like Christ so that we will glorify him and enjoy him forever. That's the good he's always working towards because that's what we need most and that's what's most important to our well-being. So bringing this back to when God changes the plans we have, even if they are good plans, are you saying that one of the reasons God may be changing them is because it is for our spiritual good? That's exactly right. We aren't making light of having your life thrown majorly off balance, not at all. But when you know that God is sovereign, so nothing is happening outside of his will, or that there isn't anything that he isn't completely in control of, and you pair that with knowing that God is completely good, and that he's always working for your spiritual good if you're a believer, it may take accepting and dealing with the changes a little bit easier. And if you want some encouraging verses that show God's goodness and care for his people, we only have to look at Joshua 1.9. 
Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Or Hebrews 6.19, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. I love those verses. And there are so many more. They make me think of another reason why God may be bringing major change into our lives, and that's for our protection. Going back to God knowing all and working for our spiritual good always, we have no idea what is ahead for us. God, who knows all, may be bringing a major change in your life, which seems painful now, because he's actually protecting you from a much deeper pain, or maybe even from death. This is exactly what I told my son a few years ago. He went to college on a wrestling scholarship and expectations were high that at some point during his four years, he was going to win a national championship. His freshman year, he suffered a pretty bad concussion that took him a year to recuperate from. Shortly after he went back to wrestling, he got another one. My husband and I, along with the neurologist, made the decision that he was done wrestling for good. It was devastating for him. At 20 years old and a devout Christian, he couldn't understand why God was doing this. But I told him, we have no idea what God may be protecting you from or saving you from. Rose, that leads perfectly into that even knowing all of these truths about God, it still doesn't mean that the change won't be hard, and it also doesn't mean that it won't be painful. So let's finish up today by looking at some practical application. There are a lot of people, Christians, who think it's wrong to tell God that they're disappointed disillusioned or hurt by what he's doing in their life. It may seem disrespectful to complain to the Almighty God, and it can be if you do it with the wrong attitude. But God knows our heart way better than we do. Why try and hide it? The key is to go to our Sovereign Lord with a humble heart and pour out our pain to Him. He knows some of the changes He brings into our life will be hard for us. He can handle us approaching Him and crying out our pain and disappointment. And if you want the scriptural proof of this approach, just read the book of Psalms. Let's take a look at Psalm 5. Verses 1 and 2 says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for to you do I pray. This is one of David's Psalms. And in many of his Psalms, he starts out by pouring his heart out and being brutally honest with God. But then after, he reminds himself of the truths about God and always ends on a hopeful note even knowing if he doesn't understand what's going on, he has a sovereign God who does. Psalm 5 ends with, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them. For those who love your name may exalt in you. The Psalms are prayers, and the one main purpose of prayer is to change us. When we go to God humbly, knowing the truths about him, and vent our frustration, disappointment, and pain to him, it will always have a huge effect on us. But we have to make sure that we aren't staying in that place of frustration or disappointment. Like David, we need to remind ourselves of the truths about God. That is what will get us through when we feel like things in our life are spinning out of control. And in the end, we have to lean on and be encouraged by one of the many truths and promises in Scripture, like Proverbs 3, 3 through 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all ways, and he will make straight your paths. A straight path is not necessarily an easy path, nor is it always the path that seems obvious to us. No, but it is God's path for us, and it will be the path that leads to our spiritual best. And that's a great way to end this episode today. 
Rose and Chris, can I do the closing? Of course you can. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in today. If you have any questions, feedback, or comments, please feel free to message Proverbs 910 Ministries through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or their website, Proverbs910Ministries.com. Have a blessed day.